You're listening to Sober Exposure with me, Jennifer Wilde. If it's about recovery, we're going to cover it. It's like a big group therapy session, but it's free. (gasps) Welcome to Sober Exposure with me, Jennifer Wilde. Let's go. Welcome, family, another edition of Sober Exposure, and it's the woo-woo version. This is the Soul-Lutions episode, Soul-Lutions for Sobriety, and and we put soul in there, okay, and we'll explain why. So I'm Jennifer Wild, and I have my incense here, I have my crystals, I have my sage, I have my Tibetan singing bowls. Can you hear that? Oh, that was terrible. These things sound terrible over the mic, but... See, there's a side to me that not everybody knows. All right. I I have a little little woo-woo in me. As a kid, I kind of like, I use it sort of like in a dark way. Like I wanted to use voodoo dolls on people in high school that were mean to me. And then as I sort of found the light, I started using it in uh, a much more soulful way. And it's sort of how I found my spirituality a little bit. And actually, I shouldn't say a little bit. Um, the 12 steps are very important to me. And we've spoken about that. We've talked about it. I am an AA person. I do go to meetings. The 12 steps mean a lot to me. However, if it weren't for uh, meditation, spirituality, all of that side of things, the metaphysical side, I don't believe that I'd be sober today. Now, one of the problems that I had in the past was that it was all of that and not enough helping other alcoholics and not enough of the steps. And it was all the crystals and that didn't work for me. So I sort of need to sprinkle a lot of it, you know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So I've invited my friend Beth Lynch onto the show. And um, there's a few reasons why I chose Beth. I'm very picky about my guests. I'm picky about a couple things in life. I'm picky about my men. I'm picky about my avocados in the grocery store, and I'm picky about my guests. So, uh, Beth, welcome to Sober Exposure. It's a pleasure. Oh, my God. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to be here. Yes, yes. Now, I've taken I've taken some seminars with you. I've taken some classes. I think the last one we took, I was absolutely terrible at, and I just could not understand. And that was the tarot reading. That was that was just a disaster. <laughs> that yeah, I just didn't have that in me. But <laughs> you could read my cards any day. I, I'm not even sure you don't even remember this story. Beth is also a medium, and I don't care if you believe in this or if you don't believe in this. You can't make this shit up. And if you don't believe me, uh, when Beth does a reading, she records it on Zoom. So I have this recorded. All right. So, Beth, I don't think you remember this story, but I talk a lot about my mother and how my mother's deceased. And my mother died, actually. I was 30 days sober. And I believe one of the reasons why she died was because my relapse was so bad that it freaked her out so bad. And she was such a terrible codependent that never got help. And I was in treatment 30 days sober and she still just couldn't recover. Her little heart couldn't take it anymore. And she just like dropped out of a heart attack. So hence she dies. I go out of town and okay. So I I inherit her, her, her engagement ring. It's a family heirloom. Okay. We have this engagement ring in the family for 55 friggin' years. Okay. 
And like my mother was the sweetest old lady. And this ring, it was like, it was a huge diamond ring. It was the ugliest shaped diamond you've ever seen. But I mean, come on. It represented my mother, my beloved mother that I loved so much. This ring represented my mom. It was everything. And I knew that when my mom passed, I was going to have this ring. And just her entire energy, everything that was my mother was in this ring. I mean, from the day I was born, my mother wore this ring. Okay. So I go out of town and I bring in this girl that's in the program to watch my dog. And you know, trying to help out someone in the program, you know, you can watch my dog, you could stay at my house, blah, 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 blah. And I come back and the ring's gone. Brilliant me. You know, I, I didn't hide the ring well enough. She goes on a relapse, the girl that's watching my house and steals the ring and pawns it and, you know, sells it to a crack dealer. I don't know what happens to the ring, but the ring's gone. So, um, fast forward a couple of years later, a year later, I, I go to Beth to channel my mother. And, um, I kid you not, I have it. It's recorded. Beth, you said to me, what is this about a ring? Your mother wants you to know not to feel guilty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there was a lot of guilt with that. Thank you. I appreciate it. And Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that helped you a lot. It, it did because, you know, I was kind of carrying a little bit of guilt around. It's like, yeah, I got one job, Jen, one job, you know, make sure you keep the ring friggin' safe, you know, just keep the friggin' ring. You, you ruined my life with your addiction. You had one job, save the ring. <laughs> you couldn't even do that right. So anyway, um, uh, so I want to welcome you to the show. And like I said, the show is about uh, solutions for sobriety. So tell my listeners, my sober friends, even if you're not sober, um, Beth also has, um, a class or a seminar that she calls it solutions for life. So tell us how can meditation, how can, uh, all of this stuff that you practice help us with anxiety, help us in life. Just tell us a little bit more about what it is that you do. Okay, I'd love to. Um, first of all, understanding, you know, meditation and my journey and how I even opened my own self up to really understanding this was through the loss of my parents in a very close period, um, 30, almost 30 years ago. And so I needed to search out and understand what I was feeling, what I was thinking, why I, all the emotions. So that propelled me into everything. And the personal experiences I had just were too powerful to be held in, obviously. So where, where I like to begin with, what is meditation? Break the word down. It's mediating between what you think and how you feel or how you respond emotionally. So we're always doing that. We're downloading those emotions constantly. And if I may respectfully say, if you don't agree with this, please tell me, um, addiction is a suppression of emotion. So what we do when we meditate is we're mediating and becoming the mediator and in charge of how we think and feel. Um, and it helps us just rise up into a more clear, intuitive nature, which is also our creative nature. It is our um, coping skills. It's how we communicate. Again, the creative energy, whatever that is for people, music. I'm sure you know lots of music people. Uh, uh-huh. That creative energy has to be expressed, whether we need to do that in a McDonald's or do we do it in a, 
album or do we do however? And we have to be in alignment with that to feel fulfilled, to feel secure in a sense, right. mm-hmm. you know? And so when we don't, when we're, when we're, you know, you know, just our feet aren't on the ground in a sense, we want to suppress what we feel because it hurts or it makes us angry. And then that can lead us into the frequency of addiction. So what I do is help people learn and understand how to simply get to that space, that the five minute meditation a day, start there. And that's what I love to do. And also obviously communicate with the spirit world to help us. They want to help us. They know more about addiction than probably anybody. Many of them got there because of addiction. You know, a lot of people I work with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I was going to ask you about that too. And I'm not sure if we're even ready to know about this or I I don't want to be a tune out because it is pretty deep and pretty scary. And maybe, um, maybe I'll ask for emails and stuff to see if people even want to hear about in the afterworld, like what happens to addicts if, if there's a tragic death, like, but, but I don't want to go there yet. Cause that's like actually way too scary, but you do, I know that you do work with that. And I, and I do believe that what you said about addiction and, and all of that, I do believe that that's, that that's part of what addiction is. I mean, it's, there's so many components to addiction, but, um, I do know that when I slow my brain down that I feel calmer and I also, there's an old saying, um, I can't remember who said it. Um, I wrote it down who said it, but whatever, who cares? Uh, I, I think it was Edgar Casey said that prayer is basically talking to God and meditation is listening. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the thing is, is if you don't believe in God, then that doesn't mean anything. And there was a time when I was meditating when I had no idea who God was. So it was the meditation that actually sort of, taught me who God was. And I kind of got that through Reiki, which is a whole other thing. And I, I I got that because I could feel the Reiki. So if I could feel it, I believed it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? That's, that's the most powerful magic words. You just, not the most, very powerful magic words you just use, because if you can't feel that, I call it the frequency, the energy, Um, of your own higher self, let alone someone even facilitating for you to align you to that feeling. You can't give anyone that feeling. That is a very personal experience for people. And just like you said, when someone was doing the Reiki, you could feel it. That no one can deny you, you know, or give you that, you know, you can't, it can't be taken from you now, but it, 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 because it wasn't given to you, you align to it inside your own like you even talking about your mom with the heart chakra, you know, when your heart chakra is in low frequency, that's what actual heart attacks can be. And many people experience them. It's, it's the frequency so low that now the physical heart is being affected. Um, <gasps> and that takes a lifetime sometimes to get to for some people. And some people it's one incident, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You weren't the fall to blame for that, please. I hope you know that. No, oh my gosh, no. I've been through like okay, so much, so much therapy over that that I'm 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 okay and I'm good and I know that first of all, uh, I'm going to be doing a show on codependency and that's a whole codependency issue how she didn't get her help. So, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> but that's on her. Um but we did we, we we were talking about Reiki. I know there's some people out there that are like 
Woody? <laughs> Woody? <laughs> so what can you tell us a little bit about what Reiki is? And then um, I will tell you the Beth Reiki story in a minute, too, which is pretty cool, which is just uh, uh, kind of um, scratching your back again, too, where people are just going to want to come to you and and call you up and go on your website and eat you up a lot because this was such an amazing experience I had with you as well. Another story. But what is Reiki? Reiki is, um, and you know, I do what's called inner light healing. And that was a very personal experience I had, but energy healing really is energy healing. And I do understand Reiki because I've worked with enough Reiki masters to understand it. It's basically to me, any, this healing is creating a sacred space for people to go, a person to go into an alignment with the a higher frequency or a sacred frequency, which is actually our more natural frequency. So when we get there, when we get into that sacred space, what happens is, you, first of all, like you said, even in a meditation, you get very relaxed. So now the organs, literally, if I'm getting a little technical, but literally the response, you know, we hear the mind, body, spirit, mind, body, spirit. But do we really understand it? And in these healing modalities, that's where you really get to feel that connection because when the mind relaxes or slows down and then the nervous system starts to send the signal throughout the body to relax. Literally, the organs are relaxing, the circulation, the nerve. And then the body has a natural healing mechanism that is miraculous. I have seen miracles, I've experienced them, and I've seen people be prepared for, you know, whatever they need to be prepared for in a healing, because you really don't have that um, say. I don't think we do. We have a clear intention to align or create that space. So when that happens, there's so much that can go on in the human body, but also in the consciousness, which holds, you know, even PTSD or, you know, really um, anything of low frequency emotional from childhood to, it, you know, whatever. There's no time and energy. So it's there. So when the frequency goes up, it actually puts it into a natural healing vibration. And that's where you see, you know, or you become you help your healing process, you know, whether we're talking about cancer, addiction, anxiety, um, depression, the spirit world has a lot to say about um, how to understand depression from a soul level, soul solutions. So yeah, so in those sessions, that is what we're doing because we are called upon, we are creating a sacred space or a more, the more natural alignment to the higher self. And I want to point out that, you know, it's, it's, it's real. This stuff is real because they actually do hire, they hire Reiki masters in hospitals now to perform Reiki on patients. Yes. So, I mean, ORs, ORs do it too. It's pretty wild. It's, it's very wild. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's very not powerful. Yeah. And, and in a nutshell, uh, this is how I, I describe Reiki 101 to people that don't understand it. Like this is like the simplest, simplest dumbing down Reiki to me is if you have a, 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 a child and the child falls down and scrapes their knee, the first thing you want to do is kiss the boo-boo or touch the boo-boo or put your hand on the boo-boo. And it's that energy that makes the boo-boo feel better, right? Mm. So mm -hmm. that's that's how I describe Reiki to, let's say, my boyfriend that has zero, zero spirituality in his heart and soul. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guy just, you know, it's very hard for him to, uh, you know, he's a scientific mind. And so that's 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 how you would describe it to somebody that's just not in touch with their inner light. So. Um, I just wanted yeah, to, that's, that's a great way because what are we doing as a mother or a caretaker in that moment? We're, we're kind of 
we're going to create that space for them to feel okay, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that's what we would want. And it's interesting when you say science, I love that you, you brought that in because, you know, Nikola Tesla, scientist, a few titles, um, uses (laughs) the, the quote, you want to understand the secrets of the universe. Think in terms of energy, vibration, and frequency. That's where the spiritual aspect in the science can really be understood because in our highest frequency, we are connected to our highest consciousness or higher self or spiritual nature, which is what ascends. So there it is. It is a science and Nikola Tesla, even Einstein, he has lots to say about those things. So some of the great scientists will show them, you know, and Mm -hmm. sometimes people it's their, it's their, where they are when you go through certain things. You know, I watched my husband after 27 years, he used to say, Oh, that's your stuff. And I used to say, well, someday when we get up there together, you're going to, I'm going to say, see, it was your stuff. And he's, you're going to laugh. But now he's evolved to a certain place where he really trusts it. He meditates for insomnia and has never had a problem sleeping in 15 years because I tricked him and put it on when he fell asleep, the meditation. And he didn't, he would be asleep already. So then he would continue to sleep. And that week he actually came out and said, I've never slept this my whole life. And he still does it. That's a good question I have for you about meditation because I always have a problem. But first, I just have to say, you know, my my boyfriend has a a, a lot of belief in Reiki when we do na- naked Reiki in the bedroom. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Did I? Th- <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, it's, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> naked, naked Reiki always gets them. But uh, anyway, so my question when you were saying about this, this is this is a problem that a lot of. Um, meditators, especially beginning meditators have, and I have, and it frustrates me because you're always supposed to meditate first thing in the morning when I'm so tired. And a lot of times I'll meditate. And Beth, I've I've done this so many times. I think sometimes with with your classes and I've, I've been like, I fell asleep and I get so mad. And you, and you're saying, well, that's okay. You still hear the message. You still get you know, what you're supposed to get, especially with like a guided meditation. And I'm like, but no, I don't. I missed it. I'm so mad. I fall asleep during meditation. What do you say about people that fall asleep during meditation? I hate it. It pisses me off. I get so mad. (laughs) Well, number one, it is definitely you're still aligning to the frequency and getting the benefits. The thing you're not getting is the more uh, intellectual experience of it. So you're really frustrated because you're not remembering something. So um, <laughs> you sit up, still fall asleep and you sit up. <laughs> Listen, okay, so this is a wise guy, yeah. but sit up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is sober exposure. So I could talk about this. I mean, I, I was in jail standing up, you know, getting arrested and I fell asleep. So, you know, I mean, I could stand up in jail or be in jail. So falling asleep, standing up. So, yeah, I mean, I could sit up meditating and still fall asleep. It's, it's, it's a serious problem. I I just, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what I also say when the, when you go into a meditative state, your body is going to get what it needs and whether if someone is anxious and they start doing slow breathing and just going into a brief meditation or mindful moment, then they're going to come down and not some notches. If a person is exhausted and they're, or they're trying to study, I work with a lot of students 
Um, you know, and I say, just do the five minute, you know, it's kind of more, the one I have is more of a wake up one, you know, like a stimulating meditation. So that one, I'll make sure I send it to you because that one might even make a difference because it's very stimulating and you have to tap the forehead to stimulate the third eye center or the sixth sense or the frequency that's between the pineal and pituitary. That's another science part of meditation, the pineal and pituitary gland, a line in healing or meditation, and they have to be in frequency communicating for bodies to heal or for the frequency to go up and get out of the energy or the frequency of addiction or anxiety or depression. things. Yeah. So, so what would you tell somebody that let's say is 30 days sober and having cravings, they want to, you know, they're having cravings to drink and it's like, they're sitting here saying, oh, this is bullshit. So me sitting down and going, Oh, like, that's really going to help me. Like, like, how, how's that going to help me? What would be the most, what would, what would you tell them, uh, paint a picture, what you would tell them to do if they, cause a lot of them don't even know how to meditate. They're like, I don't know what to do. Do I sit there and do I just start chanting Om? Cause mm-hmm. that's a little bit more advanced. Um, tell somebody that's new to meditation, where to begin. Um, uh, where I, always the beginning point is doing slower breathing, just go into the breathing immediately bring your you're bringing your aware focus there so dropping into the awareness of breath now you slow it down there's a very simple count some people say i don't want to count then don't just go into a slower rhythm 30 seconds to three minutes the nervous system is going to respond to your slow breathing some people it's faster as you do it more you can do those slow breathings 300 times a day if you want. So do the four, six count in four, out six, in four, out six, slow it down each time you do it. If you can, you know, keep it comfortable. At first, when you do it, sometimes it does feel different because most people don't realize how much they hold their breath. And I would say it right now, go to your lower belly and see if you're tight there. You might not be because you practice meditation. I don't know. But your listeners, and they might be aware, wow, I am tight. I'm holding. Most people don't realize that that area, the lower belly, is the sacral chakra, the, the emotional chakra forming between the ages of 6 and 12. And it is emotion there. And if we stop it, we congest it when we hold the breath or we don't allow the flow. So start with the breathing. Trust it. Practice it. Chant when you feel... Um, you know, if you feel drawn to it, I have a chanting, uh, a simple ohm chant. I could always send you and share it away, share it with people. I don't care, you know me. Um, but definitely do the breathing and maybe even, you know, I choose to is a powerful mantra. You know, I choose not to, I choose not to as they're doing their breathing. So you start moving away from the desire, the low frequency desire to crave. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about affirmations and how affirmations work. Um, I guess that has to do with the law of attraction. I had, now this is getting kind of deep. This is Abraham Hicks stuff. Like I kind of have been pulling away from affirmations a little bit because somebody, it was actually my, my therapist and it kind of messed me up a little bit. It was like, so if you're saying like, I am wealthy or I'm going to be wealthy and you really don't believe that in your heart of hearts, then you're not going to manifest that because the universe can smell bullshit. 
Mm-hmm. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What that did for me was, I mean, the way I interpreted that was um, you have to really make sure that when you are um, doing affirmations that you're on the right frequency and that you really believe what you're affirming. Otherwise you're, okay. you're going to, that's very, very you're gonna true reverse because the you can't fool the universe by any means. Smells bullshit. Exactly. What you do is the mind by stating the intention is going, the emotions will follow. So they will follow. And sometimes that's that patience. And I always say, look, we can run out of patience, but when you have compassion for yourself and when you have compassion to heal yourself, you will, and you drop into needing it to be felt immediately to I am doing it. And this is still the universe also feels your intention and the universe, the energy of the, you know, that emotional that you really, you really choosing this for the higher good of yourself, your mind, your body, it starts to follow. I find that the consistency is the struggle for people. They may do it one day or then say, oh, it's not working. Or they may do it for three days and then say, well, I don't know, you know, is it working? But give it some time. Some of these things you're healing have been a lifetime of repeated habits. So give it, I tell people, you hang in there for two weeks, Admit it every day, set that clock if you need to. I always say, do the little breath thing. This is a really simple thing that I started working with a while ago with people. And I said, every people deal with anxiety, for example, or, or the desire to, you know, you know, use or drink or whatever. And they really want to not, you know, that uh-huh. every 15 minutes, you just stop. Do what I call it the breath check, slow your breathing say something positive to yourself, say you love yourself, say I'm the freaking best there is, say something that makes you laugh because humor heals. Get that frequency up every 15 minutes, every 30 minutes, just for a moment. You don't even stop what you're doing. And it works. It works. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a a firm believer of humor healing. Um, That's why a lot of times I'm, always cracking stupid jokes and people say I'm inappropriate. Um, I, you know, I went from medicating to meditating. I went from my, you know, from, from smoking bowls to crystal bowls. And I went from smoking rocks to my crystal rocks. So, haha. see, I'm trying to make a joke there. Powerful, but look how powerful that is and how true it is. And it is funny. And it does, when you laugh, your frequency goes up. This is all about getting in a zone and knowing if you're dropping, it's okay to drop, but you're going to come back with your power thought, your power mantra, your, you know, solution, whatever word you want to use, what works, you know, just looking out the window at nature sometimes is all you need. You know, don't be in a dark room. I don't know why somebody listening maybe needs to hear this, I guess. I just feel that if you're in the darkness too much, it it, it can smother you emotion energetically. So get open the window, look out the window and, you know, look at a bird perched on top of a tree on a tiny little twig or something, you know, how high up they can be and just be in awe again. It's okay. That That's something so simple and something that, um, first of all, I'm very guilty of is, um, there's something called, um, sitting in my shit and it's something I love to do. And it's another word of self-pity. And we in sobriety say, pour me, pour me, pour me a drink. 
And that means when I like to just uh, close the blinds, lay in bed and sleep all day and be depressed. And that's my drug of choice right now. And it's absolutely detrimental. So one thing that is the number one cure for that literally is just going outside and even noticing like now that I'm sober, things that I would never notice before. And it's just like a butterfly. Like, oh my gosh, look at that butterfly. Or this was something like amazingly beautiful. Like my mother used to love birds and there were these special kind of birds that we have here in Florida. And just, I was thinking of my mom and then that bird flew by. Um, Or I was listening to a song that I love and then I saw, I love bluebirds. And there was these two beautiful bluebirds that were like flirting with each other and just like little things like that, that you have to appreciate. And it sounds so cliche and so corny, but those little things I call God winks are so important. And when you said like, if you're in your dark room, laying in bed, sitting in your shit, you're going to miss all that. Mm-hmm. Interesting that you shared that, that, that remember I said, there's a reason I need to say this. And it wasn't mm-hmm. like maybe you needed to say it, hear it for your own because you're not doing that anymore. But um, somebody listening will relate to you and that me and you kind of went in sync with that without even trying. Uh, you know what I mean? That's that, the that's magic. Like, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a Bethism. She'll always like... <laughs> Beth always does that. And I want you to talk about like how if someone's listening and if they want to take one of your seminars and I want you to talk about what your next seminar is or, or what you're going to be, um, what, what you're up to next, because she always does that. Like, it's like, she'll say exactly what you need to hear or what you have going on. So I, I feel like I'm, I'm talking so much, but I just have to tell you uh, another story that you did when, um, Beth did a re when she did that reading on me, she took me through this meditation, um, a guided meditation with Reiki in it. And my first Reiki experience that I ever had was with this girl and we went to treatment together. And this was like 25 years ago. And we walked, we went to this crystal store and she was this Southern bale. And she was like, she came from, she, she had a lot of money and she was really, she, she, she didn't really like anything that had to do with anything except shopping and getting her hair done and her nails done. And we walked by this crystal store and I'm like, let's go in. And, um, we went in and they're like, we're having this energy circle. Do you want to join? And I was like, yeah, let's join star. Her name was star. And she's like, I don't want to join that. I don't want to join a, a, a Reiki circle. I'm not joining that. I go, come on, let's just go. So, we, we, we did it. And it was the first time I ever did Reiki. And I'm telling you, I've never had that experience ever again. And I, I just, I, I shot to the moon and back and saw stars and it was better than any high I ever had. And I was with star when I did that. So Beth does a guided meditation on me and she's like, okay, so this is that going to be the energy healing part of the meditation. Now I want you to put your hand on your heart and I want you to picture yourself with your best friend. And you're on a star. And while you're on this star, and friggin' Beth is saying the friggin' word star every other second while she's doing Reiki on me. Okay. And it was like the craziest ironic thing because my first experience with Reiki was with Star. And she's talking, and then I swear I am not kidding you. And I am very always like, 
uh, I, I'm not so much a believer so much in this. Uh, I believe in meditation and all that, but star was in my room. That girl was in my room. I, Oh, star passed away. By the way, I failed to mention she died of drug addiction. Star was in my room and I have, I, I was so close to her and she was, she was there and she was, she was on my bed. So anyway, I, I just wanted to story. Share. Thank you. I don't know if you ever shared that with me. <laughs> I, I was crying. I was crying. I did because when we got out of the meditation, I was in, I was in, I was sobbing. Oh. I was sobbing. And you felt her. I mean, that's the thing. I think I forgot because I do forget when you work with so many things, you so do many, forget yeah, your yeah. experiences, but that's so beautiful. And you know, yeah. the, it just shows the power. It's so, it's so much bigger than all of us. But if we allow to be in the space that bigger comes into us and allows these personal experiences and you know, it's just such a blessing. So, so I do like, okay, so I'm definitely going to have you on again. I want to talk about, um, the, uh, the other piece of the puzzle. Uh, Well, we'll get it. I I, I will get into crystals, but I'm not going to get so into crystals right now. This is the other piece of the puzzle that you do that I find interesting. And I said, I wasn't so much a believer of all of this channeling and, and, um, the medium, I mean, you explained that medium doesn't necessarily mean channeling the dead, but I, I want to ask you a little bit about how it comes to you. Just for my own curiosity, this doesn't have to do with sobriety, but sober exposure is not always about that. Sober exposure could be about anything. Listen, I love fashion. I'm going to have a friggin' show about uh, what summer shoes are in, okay? <laughs> and, and then we'll tie it into shopping addiction somehow. But I'm going to have a show about summer fashion, for God's sake. But but I, I need to know, like, how how does this come to you? Like, please talk me through this. How do you yeah. see this stuff? Does it come in like, do you see it? Does it Do you hear it? Does it like, and when did you find both, actually a lot of when, when did you start seeing dead people like the movie? Oh, I'm not, I was like the movie. And actually, my husband and I went to that movie when it first came out. And I burst into tears in the first five minutes and said, I feel normal. I mean, I literally, I was waking up to my own really strong natural ability, but you know, a lifetime of being a child and a teenager. And I had a good time trying suppressing these feelings I got and received, but feeling energy around people. If somebody was sad, I felt, you know, I felt, you know, devastated. You know, I didn't know how to process that. That was a whole lifetime of things. And then at 32, when my mother crossed, uh, she was, she actually died on the Amtrak train. I woke up at 3.15 a.m. in that that night hearing that she was dead over an intercom system. So I woke up and I was startled and I looked at the clock and I could tell I was crying in my dream and I was crying like literally. And somehow I went back to sleep, but I woke up in the morning to turn on the news when I was uh, you know, got up at 7 a.m. and it was all over the news and I knew what? my mother was traveling. So that was the where it began, where I needed to understand why I felt things. Why did I dream that? I felt death around me the year my dad died before her. I could feel death all around me and I didn't even understand what that meant. And I was going to go talk to a priest in that following Monday, he passed away um, <sighs> of a massive heart attack. So I went through my own things that made me have to say, okay, what the heck is this about? Why do I know these things? I don't want to know these things, but yet, you know, I had to heal, you know, I had to understand. I didn't know what heal meant back then. I'm sure. Um, but I had to do something. And that's when I went to a medium 
And she looked right at me and said, oh, your mother's in spirit and you're going to use your gifts and abilities like I do someday and help people. And I'm looking, sitting there in my head thinking this lady's crazy. I mean, literally, I really did. But I realized I was always drawn to, you know, whatever, Medi- meditation, but I was the first to say I couldn't. So basically as a medium, when I started going more into meditation again and and um, just wanting to understand and posing the questions to be open, I actually was putting myself in alignment to be an actual open up those abilities to see and understand more of what I was getting flashes of or real strong emotional empathic feelings of a lot of empathy empaths. People will say, well, I'm so empathic and I, I have to suppress it somehow and I can't deal with it. Well, empathy is your intuition. So when you understand it's really a superpower of ours, you know, you don't, you put it in a higher frequency as opposed to it being a burden. A lot of empaths will hear do that. They look at it like a curse. Well, how is it? A, it is a curse if you don't understand it and it can, you know, surround you. So in mediumship, we are basically mediators of the, what is spiritual and what is physical, what is, you know, in a higher frequency and earth is a lower frequency, a bad frequency. Now, some may argue that, but it isn't really meant to be. <laughs> it's different frequency. So when you're receiving these imageries from the people in spirit, for example, you asked me to speak with you, then you've given me permission to, to create that space like your loved ones would show, have feelings and emotions of memories or the ring, for example. I don't want my daughter to feel guilty is basically what she was saying. Please tell her, you know, without all those words, that imagery or that feeling I got and shared with you, you knew exactly. So I often say they don't usually tell you things you don't know either. You know, <laughs> I mean, they tell, so that that imagery is based on their feelings and their emotions of your experiences with them or something they want to show you, they watch over or they hear, and then they form pictures. Interesting. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I I was always kind of just really intrigued by all of that. And I've almost, I always like sort of felt like, um, in a way I was an empath, but not when it comes to the spirit world, but I would have a dream and then something, then, then it would come true, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. Just like really weird things. My brother is crazy. My brother, my, my brother is, he, he's just like, he's off the chain. I mean, he was like just a couple weeks ago, he was listening to, um, a musician that he hasn't listened to. He hasn't listened to his records in probably 25 years. He was listening to this musician. And then the next day the musician died, like stuff like that happens to my brother mm-hmm. all the time. Really weird. But I have, I have a lot of weird synchronicities, but not like that. So when you were saying that about the symbols and everything, uh, the two last stories I want to tell you that you don't know about. Um, so when you were doing my reading, there were two things that you said, I was like, Oh yeah, see, this is bullshit because I don't know what she's talking about. Um, but later it all it all made sense. And I, I will, um, I will tell you quickly that you kept telling me that there was somebody that kept talking about his brother and that's in spirit. You're like, do you know somebody, there's somebody and they're, they're two brothers and, and they have, they have something to do with each other. These two brothers. And I was like, brothers, I just, I had no friggin' idea. I was like, no, no, Beth, it's not, it's not making any sense. So this reading was about a year ago that we did our reading. So about four months ago, somebody talks to me, somebody uh, approaches me on Facebook and he's like, 
did you hear about MD? I'm just saying his um, initials out of respect. Um, I was like, no, what happened? So anyway, let me just tell the little story. There were two brothers in high school and one I was totally in love with and he was like my boyfriend and he dumped me. So to get back at him, I started dating his brother. Okay. And his brother and I actually stayed in touch over the years and we, we were Facebook friends and I hadn't heard from his brother in like maybe three years. And I sort of thought it was weird, but then I was like, well, maybe he met somebody, maybe, you know, I don't know who knows. Maybe he got married. Maybe he met somebody. Well, it turns out he was murdered. So he was trying to talk to me in spirit Mm -hmm. and you were trying to tell me, but I didn't know at the time he was dead because he had died. Like this had happened about four years ago. And uh, you also kept talking about a gas station and that something, somebody was trying to talk to me from a gas station. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you know, this is sober exposure. Again, I will preface. So I don't mind talking about my, my drug days and that I used to hang out at a gas station. Lovely. Which such a classy woman. I am. <laughs> and, uh, um, there was a particular drug dealer that uh, would frequent that gas station. Well, I didn't realize this a year ago. I thought that drug dealer was still alive, but I guess two Christmases ago, which I was sober, so I wasn't in touch with that drug dealer. He got shot in the back and dropped dead. So he was trying to reach me as well. So those are two freaking things that, Uh, I mean, come on, why are you getting this shit up? You're an angel. I hope you know you're an angel because you're helping so many people in so many ways and, and it's, you're being who you are and that's who you should be. I don't know. That's a message for you. I just feel you needed to hear that. Well, I, mean, I didn't crazy. even think it. It's just coming out. So, you know, it's like, yes, you deserve to hear it. We never use the word need. We change it to deserve. Now we've changed the frequency. See, there's so many little ways to shift frequency that could be fun. You know what I mean? Every minute, sometimes there's some way to revise something. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. And have fun with that and laugh at yourself. There was something I used to always say when uh, a year ago, and you uh, you would always change it. I I can't remember what it was now, but I would I would always down myself. You say no, we're not going to say that. We're going to say, and it it was something else I can't remember. And then uh, I don't remember what it was, but anyway. Um. So all right, before we wrap it up, just in a nutshell. Okay, so we talked about meditation. We talked about spirit. Um, if somebody would like to get a reading, how can they get a reading? Oh, okay. Well, I do um, all my work right now is via is Zoom and I do the video for people, record it and send it. And then um, the easiest way is probably the website, innerlightteaching.com. Um, but, um, you know, innerlightteaching.com will bring you, you know, right to my website with a lot of information for scheduling or questions and, and any upcoming events that I may have. And I'm also in the Florida area, so I don't know where your majority of your audience will be. It's probably all over the place. Um, but yeah, I'll be looking to do some groups in this, uh, anywhere from probably Hollywood to Port St. Lucie area, uh, starting in the fall, like once or twice a month galleries and getting together and talking about my new book, Life, Death, and the In-Between. <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm excited, excited about that. Yes, I'll be sending oh, you a copy. <laughs> yes, I'm excited about that. Absolutely. And I do address I do address understanding the spirit, you know, the spirit to live and the spirit 
to, to help you heal, whether it's whatever. I, I do speak a lot of mental and emotional wellness, as you know, and addiction is right in there. So I love for people to understand the power of their own spirit. And sometimes it's just getting people to that frequency or giving them the tools to get to that frequency. Cause you should never feel you need anyone. I feel, you know, even me, yeah. I like you feeling you don't need me and that, yeah, yeah, even grief. It's a, it's an emotion that people sometimes want to suppress. So that's where grief falls into when we grieve many things, you know, we, we grieve aspects of our own self that are no longer right. I mean, and we grieve loved ones crossing and we grieve, you know, relationship changes and, yeah, we grieve. People grieve sometimes when they're getting retiring. It amazes me. And I deal with people who are really troubled. They're they're blessed to be in that position to retire. But so grief comes in so many ways. And it's such a strong emotion that is hard to feel. And there's a lot of suppression to it. Yeah. And and I mean, grief is the, such a big reason for addicts and alcoholics to go back out and use. It really is. So, mm-hmm. I mean you're experiencing grief, man. You got to get on and you got to just use the tools and meditation. I started this podcast and I'm going to finish this podcast saying that, I mean, I am all about the 12 steps. I am all about step 12. I'm all about helping another alcoholic. And I I think that, you know, I mean, I'm not going to go into AA and the 12 steps because I definitely need that as a component for me, for me. However, I will say that I would not be sober today if it weren't for my meditation practice. I just, I just wouldn't mm-hmm. meditation, uh, my, my Tibetan singing bowls, which sounds so ridiculous, but those singing bowls, the energy, the way that though they change my frequency. I mean, when I'm on a low frequency, even today, I just, I felt like a bitch. I just wanted to lay in bed. I was in a bad mood. I went outside, I took my bowls, started hitting the bowls and my frequency changed and I felt better. So Oh, I love that you're sharing that because it's so true. It is so true. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's magic. It's magical stuff. So Beth, this was, this was awesome. I love it. I feel fired up. I feel fired up about, uh, sobriety, about the divine. That's another word that I know you love and that you mm. always, um, emphasized such a powerful word, divine. Mm-hmm. So, High frequency word right up there with love. Yeah. One of the highest. So this has just been divine and Aww. we're going to have you back. And thank you so much for joining Sober Exposure. I'm Jennifer Wild and everybody have a great week. Need more? Of course you do. The show's all about needing more. Go to my website at soberexposure.show or get stuck on my Instagram at soberexposure underscore podcast. Need more? Well, get addicted to Sober Exposure. You can subscribe to mindbodyspirit.fm or check me out on my website at soberexposure.show. Everything you need to know. Also on Instagram at soberexposure underscore podcast.